I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast, Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry ice tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my opinion! He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of it. Go to sleep, go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing, not well, bitch. Hold on, check me, boo. Welcome to Morally Corrupt Show, a show here on the Ring of Reality feed. I am here, Chelsea Stark-Jones is here, and now my microphone is here in place, ready to give to you all things Bravo on this Friday morning. We're going to skip the news of the week. It's not that there's not any news. It's just that there's a lot of rumors circulating around. We want to give you what's concrete. So we're going to skip that. We're going to head straight into Atlanta, which is why Chelsea is here to talk to me about that. Chelsea. Yes. Let's go. Let's do Atlanta, it. Atlanta, as we said, season 14, episode 14, Montego Bays. Um, that's the title of the episode. Last week, we said it's starting to pick up. Things are starting to pick up. Now, I just want to start off with this. Mm-hmm. I am feeling like the drama doesn't seem genuine. Oh. It's seeming a little forced. Forced, and by forced, I mean ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, it's just so ridiculous that I'm like, there's no way that you're really, really upset about that, really trying to pick a fight about that. Is the, are you doing this just for show? I don't know, and that's why we always love Atlanta because it just seems like they naturally find themselves in these situations. Yeah, I mean, I I will say I think Candy is genuinely upset. <laughs> um, I, I think that's a genuine fight. The Kenya, Sheree, uh, Marla, like all, the other women seem like they're trying to pull petty fights out of nowhere. Um, and yeah, I would like the best moments of this episode were, were the boat moment. Like when they're dancing on the catamaran and having a good time and running on the track and field and Marlo and her like an inappropriate sportswear attire. Like that was the best moments of the show for me. But like the other parts where they're bickering, it was kind of, I, I do, I do see where you're coming from where you say it feels forced for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we start off just to get into a deeper deep into Deeper details. Oh my gosh, my my dog getting here. I'm going crazy. Going crazy. I'll tell you why, and we're probably gonna hear them bark again. I live next. I live. Oh hi, cutie. I live next to a school, and when they the cars park in front of the house, and even though the front door is frosted, you can still see. So they're seeing cars pull up, stop, and they're going crazy. The shadows. Apologies. Yeah. Apologies to everyone. Um, also, they're just fans of Morally Corrupt. But <laughs> and, 
So we start off this episode just to get into things, dive into things. Kenya is tardy for the party. Mm. Very cute. Um, and and that's a the theme with Kenya, right? She's usually never on time. She and and, and they kind of recognize that. And I think Kenya at this point is okay with being late, obviously. Yeah. And then showing up on her own. Doesn't take it personal if people leave her because she knows that she's going to be late. And it's really rude because we saw the night before where Sonia's like, everybody be here at 8 a.m. I have a full day plan. We have to stick to the schedule. And most of the group gets there at 8. Some show up a tad bit late, but by 8.30, pretty much everybody's there except for Kenya. Where we see her taking her sweet time, taking pictures. You know, she's 30 (laughs) minutes late, 40 minutes late. Sonia's calling her, texting her. Then she stops picking up. It's just so... Like, this is the kind of stuff where I'm like... you. She was... Re- when we saw her at 8.30 opening those curtains, she oh. was dressed and ready to go. I was... See, this is the Kenya I do not like. I do not like the disrespectful Kenya. The t- like, And the, the Atlanta women are notoriously known for being, like, hours late. So, like, Sonia setting up these, like, really strict, like, rules of, like, you have to be here at this time was, like, do you not watch the show? Do you not understand? But... To, you know, uh, respect to the ladies that were only like within a 25 minute <laughs> late window. Um, but yeah, when, when Sonia called Kenya and was like, Oh, just checking in on you. She's like, Oh yeah, I'll be right down. I'm, I'm hurrying up. And then the editors are like, Kenya hurrying up. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Oh, this beach is beautiful. Like, what? <laughs> it was hilarious, but it was just like, me personally, I do not like when people are late and when they lie to me about like their ETA, like that is a really deep pet peeve of mine. Like, just be honest. If you're going to be like 15 minutes late, just tell me that. So I could like plan accordingly. So this character flaw within Kenya just like <laughs> deeply rubs me the wrong way. Like deeply, like we and can never should. be friends. Yeah. And it should, or at least have the decency to pick up the phone. But she stopped answering. I was just like, it's so rude. You're, do- you're picking. I felt like she was picking on Sonia. I was taking it personal. But I will say this about Sonia. If you're going to be hosting a trip, you need to understand the assignment of the trip. Walking through, it's one thing to be on a bus and to say, like, to show people the island and and certain, you know, buildings or the ocean or this or like, you know, things that make Jamaica what it is. But to walk through the neighborhood and stop by to see your aunt, I was looking at everyone's faces. <laughs> and, uh, you know, ain't, ain't, well, who's it? Aunt Shirley? Shirley? I I, I'm, I just, it's like, what are we going to do here? It was great. It, Aunt Shirley should have been on the bus. She should have been <laughs> at the track. At the track where we see them go next. But to stop by her neighborhood with 10 people who are like, okay, yeah, hey, what do we do from here? Everybody was kind of like, what is this? Yeah, I, I kind of thought that that was a... Um a stop that could have been, you know, avoided, uh, especially if we were running late, we could have skipped that stop and gone straight to the ice cream shop. Um, uh, but I, I did think it was sweet to see her with her Aunt Shirley. And it's nice to see her in her like environment. I think it's allowing us to get like a, a more personal side to her. Um, I, I, I didn't mind that as much, but I think if I were on the bus, I would have been like, why are we getting off to walk around a neighborhood that I don't know too much about anyways? Like, it's not like a historically known <laughs> streets of uh, Kingston. So I, I, I would have been a little bit curious, especially if it was hot too, like I would not have wanted to do that. Exactly. <laughs> it just seemed inconsiderate. <clears throat> it was great for Sonia. Like Ross wasn't even with her, but it was great. Or was he? He wasn't. He showed up at the ice cream spot. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like great for Sonia, but it wasn't considerate of all the other people. And at least if you're going to bring them there, and Shirley should have had a picnic, oh, a barbecue, yes. drinks, something. <laughs> she didn't even let them in the house. She met them at the door. Like, what no, on the sidewalk, that? not even on the porch. On the yeah. sidewalk. <laughs> it was just a very awkward moment. It was um, a little weird. So then we see them move on to the track, track and field, which I thought was cute. Kenya finally shows up two hours late, um, late, or she comes to the ice cream parlor. Yeah, I, I don't she, know. She gets Whatever herself she some ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> shows up two hours late and then explains her being late on the fact that Mark is not being a good father. Um, Mark's 
that's a theme, right? It doesn't just pop up on the trip. He's, it appears to be, and I don't want to call him out, but from what Kenya says, he's usually not a good father. So that shouldn't have been why she's two hours late. And we know she's lying because we saw the footage. I mean, yeah, it was just like, it was one of those things. And I feel like we're seeing this in in Beverly Hills with Lisa Renna, where it's like, I'm going to blame my bad behavior on someone else and say that it's affecting my life or whatever. And it's like, Uh, who knows, maybe Mark did call her and he was being an asshole. But like, for the most part, like you're also as much as this is a fun trip, like we also have to remember, like being on Real Housewives of Atlanta is your job. So like showing up on time to go on these little cast adventures is a part of your job. So you can't continue to let this Mark antics like interfere with that. And so I just I, I can't I'm not I'm not buying it. And it, it makes me mad because I've been such a fan of Kenya's this season. Like, I really felt myself turning a corner with her. And, <laughs> and this episode just brought me back around. I was like, okay, this is the Kenya that I've grown to deeply dislike. Mm-hmm. Kenya lost me when they went on that trip. <laughs> right? She was uh, she was too the, much on that trip. The Marlo trip? Marlo's trip. Oh, uh, yeah. Marlo's she, was, trip. she was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, um, I totally agree with you. I was going to say, now I was never good at these in school, so forgive me if this is wrong. But Kenya is, to Mark with the baby daddy drama, as Lisa is to experiencing grief with the loss of her mother. Yes, that was now, good, I don't know if that Rachel. was right. You get I don't know if that was A+. right. That was great. And I always felt that in school, but <laughs> well, y'all get y'all get what we're saying. You've here. redeemed yourself here on morally corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> y'all get it. So we see them go to the track and field us uh, us uh, with the stadium. Yeah. And I will say that until I'm reading this in the rundown, I did not know Marlo was wearing a two-piece outfit, <laughs> which we do see women wear in track and field. I ran track from age six all the way to my teen years, and we were always in a two-piece. Marlo is in a two-piece. However, I did not know it was a Balenciaga set. Are we sure? I'm almost Do we positive see labels I or tags? saw Balenciaga on her, um, on her like, bodysuit. Let me just uh, double check. Let me see if it's on her it, Instagram. Even if it's I'm not, I'm not convinced positive. that it's real Balenciaga. I'm convinced that she, she you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like when you go, when you go to a, like a flea market and you see Louis Vuitton and Gucci, that's where she got that Balenciaga. Yes, definitely could have been faux Balenciaga, not putting that past her. Um, but I just was surprised, like, the... <laughs> it was hilarious to see her coming out in that episode of like it it looked more like a swimsuit than like a running set and when she was running and her whole chest flew out of that bra top (laughs) I was like and and Ross and and Todd are at the finish line just I'm like this is wrong on so many levels (laughs) yeah it was soft porn yeah (laughs) It was. I was like, this is not okay, but I love what, like, why did you choose this attire? (laughs) She didn't, the plan was not executed well, right? She only thought about the Instagram pictures and making a statement with that fake Balenciaga. And she didn't think it through. But I will give Drew and Marlo credit for participating. Oh, right. Yes. Somebody had to run. There are, imagine if no one decided to run. And we would have just seen Sonia run 60 yards or whatever it is that she did. Yeah. I mean, like it, thank goodness somebody came to play. So we see Marlo. Would you have Drew, run, Rachel? I would have. Yeah. I would have. Okay. You know, I did a track and field date on The Bachelor. Okay. Okay, Drew Sedora, with your track and field story. I did I did do a track and field date. They had Allison Felix come. Oh, I love her. Carl Lewis. Okay. And um, Michelle, is Michelle's last name Carter? Michelle. So I know Michelle from Texas like I know Sonia. She oh. was on the track team. So when she comes up, I was like, oh my God, Michelle. But I was so fearful that it was going to be somebody that I had dated. Because you know how Bachelor <laughs> works. So I was like, oh my God. Because they surprised us. And I was like, who's going to be around that corner? It's going to be somebody that I dated in track. Anyways, it wasn't. We see Marlo and Drew race. Marlo... They do a still shot of the finish line, and it does appear that Marlo's knee was ahead of Drew, but for some reason, Drew 
claimed victory. Now, I don't know if it was announced that or Drew just assumed. So it it was definitely a photo finish. And I think it's one of those things where it was um, Ralph said it was true. So Drew believed it to be so. (laughs) 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 I think Ralph was like, you would, you would. And he just declared it. And so they just ran with it. And and she took a... um, an unwarranted or undeserved victory lap that ended in disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that it was on a victory lap. I thought it happened at the end of the race. But she, once she, she, it was after she she thought she won, so she was like skipping in celebration. So sad. She ruptures her Achilles. This is the second time she's ruptured it, and as Chelsea revealed to us before we got on the show, it was her other foot this time yeah other Achilles I mean yeah I'm almost positive she said she it was the I don't know left or right one and then this time she was like but it was my other foot because I was like oh like you would think you'd be more prone to it or whatnot but it was I think it was her other one and she had ruptured her previous one so she knew exactly like right away what it was and that like I I couldn't imagine. And she handled it like a champ, though. Like, it was pretty... Like, she uh, was very tough, um, and I would probably not have been, but good for her. Um, But she had the minister of of sportsmanship come by and and (laughs) (laughs) give her the VIP treatment (laughs) in the Jamaican hospital. So, um, yeah, it it was sad to see. It was sad to see. And you're right. She did really handle it well. Um, Eerily well. Yeah. She was so calm. She called it. She was like, I'm pretty sure this is what happened. Um, let it also not be lost on us that Sheree was wearing She by Sheree. She was wearing She by Sheree. Sheree has She by Sheree all for herself. It's She by herself, as, as they, <laughs> they noted by, before. It's it's only for her. It's exclusively worn by Sheree, which I, I guess it's great marketing because then everyone will want what Sheree is wearing. Like, it would be great marketing if, as she's wearing it, we could go to the website and purchase it. <laughs> but see, the momentum is has been lost. And I will also note that that is an aggressive um, star uh, label. Yeah, it's um, very in your face. It's it's, it's a, like, why can I not think of words this lo- morning? Logo? This happens. Some, thank you. <laughs> like it starts with an L. It's an aggressive logo. Yeah, I was. It's like all stretched out. All the letters are going all crazy and different. Whatever. We saw it, though. We I, saw it. We saw it. Was her set that morning, all, like her pants, were she by Sheree too? Or was I unsure about that? Yeah. I, I personally am like a more, um, I don't like big graphics. I don't like big logos. Like a nice little small, like she would have been nice. Um, but I like how it, it, it looks like a star, but it spells out she. Um, it's just, it is just a little big. I guarantee you that logo will change. <laughs> I, I so. guarantee you. I think what she should do, and like fingers crossed, is I'm, I'm pretty sure the finale episode is her. What she she says it's not going to be a fashion show anymore. She says it's going to be like a fashion presentation or something um, to like release some pressure off of herself. But I think what she should do is coincide the launch on the website with the finale, so that maybe people will then be able to buy it. Um, cause she has to go live on that site. Like this soon. is it for Sheree. You realize this. If you don't get it together in this season, this is why we brought you back. It's your tagline. We, it's your storyline. You're now wearing some of the clothes. If you don't have a functioning website and clothes to sell, because how honestly, how hard could it be? Well, I you mean, see like, people with online stores all the time. All the you time. You could slap that logo. You could press and iron that logo on anything. How hard could it be? Well, Candy just released like "Bitch, I'm Worldwide" merch after the episode last week. So, like, it, it can be done. <laughs> it can be done. Um. Okay. So, from this moment, we or the moment on, we see why that. Uh, the women are there for the trip. So when Sonia invited everyone, she was like, it's a work trip for me. It's also personal. I'm taking you guys to Jamaica, but I'm working with iFit. Ross and I are. And she said, said that at one point she was going to invite the ladies to come and, and be a part of all of this. So Sonia, which she very much so does always, she always gives clear instructions. And so she gave clear instructions to Marlo, Sheree, and Kenya that they were welcome to come to the shoot and that the bus was leaving at 9.30. Now this is work. Okay, this ain't Aunt Shirley's getting to Aunt Shirley's house. Nope. <laughs> this is work. 9.30 sharp. 
Marlo was on time. Sheree and Kenya were nowhere to be found. Later, we see them lounging on the beach. Now, I'm trusting the Bravo (laughs) editors at this point. For all we know, that happened at 8 in the morning, but they put a 9.30 timestamp because we see later that Sheree and Kenya are like, you left us, you left us, which we also know Kenya can find her way to the site. We saw her do it two hours later. But this is where we're talking about the Kenya who's creating drama t- for the sake of creating drama I think to distract to distract us from her own drama yeah because if you if you're honest Kenya doesn't have a storyline no she just is commentating on everybody else that's her that's her through line this season is giving that commentary um yeah I I just didn't understand like why they were so upset <laughs> um especially because it's not like she left to do this iFit commercial and they had absolutely nothing to do and they weren't at a beautiful Jamaican resort. Like they didn't, she didn't leave them high and dry somewhere. Like that was like inappropriate, but like it, like what I I just genuinely, especially when we got to the dinner table and Sonny was like, what did you want me to do? Like stop in the middle of my shoot to text you and see where you were and make sure you were okay. Like this is work. And when Kenya said, yeah, I would have liked that. I'm like, anyone else does that to you, you would have been so pissed. And like, you would not do that. Like, so for her to just think that it was okay for her to demand Sonia chaperone her and make sure she gets from point A to point B when she is working on a sponsored, like, like, where, where's your mind at? And, and I do understand like, that's where it feels not genuine because I, I, I do think in a rational world, that's not housewives she would not have behaved in such ways. But no, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Sonia tells us later that she lost her phone. So even if she wanted to do that, she couldn't have texted because she couldn't find her phone. And then also Kenya's like, I wish you would have texted me. Well, she tried to do that the day before. Yes. And you were ignoring her phone calls. And this is what I mean. This is why I say it doesn't feel genuine because I do feel like housewives who've been there for a very long time know how to secure their place. We've seen Candy do this on Atlanta. When Candy didn't have a storyline, Candy was stirring the pot. And that's what people do. We're seeing Kyle do that on Beverly Hills. She doesn't really have that much of a storyline. And what is she doing at every single party? She's talking to the person about the issue. And then she calls the other person out who's not she, even in the conversation. She's losing to join her, her snake ability in that. She's being yeah. very blunt about it. Because she but, doesn't have a storyline. Yes, but I, I agree. Like This is Kenya really reaching for straws just to make herself relevant for screen time and and secure her peach. But I just, I, 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 what did you think of Aaron jumping in at the end? What were your, your thoughts? Well, you know, I'm biased. And I, <laughs> so it's, it's when you call him Aaron, I'm always like, Who? sorry, Ross. It's either, it's either a Ross is what we said in college or it's Ross is okay. what we say. Okay. Excuse me. A Ross. I know Ross. <laughs> I know Ross. So when I saw Ross sitting there, I love that the camera panned to him where he was clenching his jaw, like, y'all are about to make me say something. And he stood up and said, you're not going to talk to my wife like that? I'm fine with it because I know Ross. And I know he is the nicest person. So if he got pushed to that point, which we all know we probably didn't see the whole thing, and that was a lot for the 30 seconds that we saw them talking over each other and talking at her. Mm Mm-hmm. If he got up, stood up and did that, I feel like that was fine. He Now, in the in the preview for the next episode, you see Kenya talking and she says that he was cursing at her and stuff. Now, we didn't see that. So I'm only going to speak on what yeah. I saw. I didn't think it was inappropriate. He said, you're not going to talk to my wife like that. Maybe we could see more men stand up and say, everybody, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not going to do that. I loved it. I was for it. I am totally biased. <laughs> I will admit that. But it was a lot. And this is not his world. Yeah. Like, this is not Ross's world. Oh, yeah. He's he's used to the locker rooms. Um, I'm gonna say I think you're fair in your bias. Um, I I I actually liked it. And I liked it because I think there's a few franchises within Housewives where the men can get involved. And I think Atlanta is one of those. Jersey is one mm-hmm. and Atlanta's the other. Um Granted, I think Nini called Peter a bitch for getting involved, but I think she did. She, yeah, <laughs> but I do think that 
Atlanta is a franchise where the men, especially if they're on the trips, they're involved, like they have scenes on their own. Like I didn't mind Ross getting involved. And I thought he was respectful. Uh, if he cursed at her, I'm sure it wasn't like directly calling her out of her name or anything. And I'm, I'm positive they would show it. Um, so I, I'm hoping if, if that's the case, they do show it and we see it, but I could also see a world where Kenya <laughs> exaggerates and fabricates that that interaction. So um, I did not dislike it. I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was admirable. And I thought he did it so far from what we've seen in a respectable way. Um, especially because, like, Sonia wasn't wrong in this. <laughs> no, she wasn't. And this, and if Kenya uh, drags this out, it gives her a storyline. So I'm fully aware of what she's doing at this point. Fully aware of it. And I will note that when in Jersey, Real Housewives of New Jersey, when Jen's husband did not stand up for her. Yes. Now now that did get physical. But when Jen's husband did not stand up for her, she was upset. So at the end of the day, I don't know how I would feel if people were yelling at me, attacking me, and my husband was just sitting there listening to me. Either say, say we're leaving and we're getting up and going or tell everybody to shut the fuck up. Which he it didn't do either. He just said, you're not going to talk to my wife like that. So I was I was fine with it. And I'm going to be mad if they exaggerate this and make him seem like he's somebody that he's not. Because you know who wouldn't have stood up and said anything? Uh, uh, who? Mark? Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mark too. Mark would have been yelling at Kenya. <laughs> Ken, Ken, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, that's how Atlanta ends. We see Ross stand up at the table. Um basically tell everybody, put everybody in their place. And that is probably going to carry over into the next episode. But it was a good episode. It was, it was a good episode. It was I was fun. pleased. It was a good watch, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Okay, so we're going to leave Atlanta. We're going to jump over to the other coast. Thank you, Chelsea. And joining me is Jody Walker now to talk all things Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Season 12, Episode 15, Disco Inferno. And we pick up where we left off. One at the dinner table, which we all know and love. My gosh, I love a dinner table. We pick up at the dinner table. We pick up <laughs> at Homeless Not Toothless. The Homeless Not Toothless Center. Which or is it Toothless Not Homeless? <laughs> we'll revisit. We will revisit that. Um, but just to, to pick up where we left off, this is the dinner with Melissa Etheridge, which we thought she had cleared all things up because everyone was arguing. She comes out. She asked us to come to her window. We come. And then everyone seems to have calmed down. And then all of a sudden, I believe, Jody, correct me if I'm wrong, Lisa says something along the lines of, I feel like there's still some issues at the table. Does she not say she was? I feel like there's some un there's some unresolved issues. Like, or who else has an issue, or who else has a problem? Does she not 
start off saying that and get everybody else started. She opens the door, the window. No, I, she she came to the open window. I'm pretty sure you're right. She's kind of like, she's kind of like pushing away what just happened with her. She's like, you know, I did not expect to explode like a cannon at this dinner table, despite doing that constantly. Um, so glad that's over with. But I feel like there are some other unresolved issues. Like, it's not just me. I'm not the only problem. <laughs> right. But I love that Lisa Rinna is like, you know, she's just ping-ponging so much this season. I love that she's like... This is grief. This is me lashing out. However, I reserve the right to be terrible at any time, at all times, whenever I want to. And also in this moment, I'm going to stir the pot. What's going on? Who's mad at each other? Uh, Jody, I believe we refer to that as a standing order. We've seen that in politics most recently as well. She has a standing order to throw in her, not saying she's not grieving, but to throw in her grief or you play that card at any time. Because well, grief is unpredictable. Just, it's right. It's like, it's not just to play the grief card. It's to be terrible. Like, she's like, I know that I am being absolutely nightmarish and I'm not going to work on it. I'm not even going to think <laughs> about working on it. Wouldn't wouldn't even suggest it. I mean, she is being outrageous this season. And it is really, really awful to watch because it's all at Sutton. It isn't no one else. It is pointed like a cannon at Sutton. Like, she is so mean to her. It's unreal. And 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 I think what makes it worse is we see her admit she's wrong, apologize. They make up only for the next time for her to see Sutton. She lashes out at her. And that's why it's like, okay, wait, what? It'd be different if she consistently stayed mean. It's like, okay, she doesn't like Sutton. We get it. Like Erica, she's pretty much consistently mean. But it's like, <laughs> right. how do you completely make amends and then lose it again at the next moment? That's what makes this whole thing wild. But Lisa does open up the door, which we later see her then blame Sutton. And it's like, you, she brought up liabilities because you said we need to talk about their other unresolved issues. So it's like, okay, well, let's get it all out. We're already here, right? Oh, My favorite and Rachel, part is them. Oh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> Just the reveal that the other women are still at the table. That's what I was going to say. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, what, what the, you know, it's bad when. Garcelle turns and she's like, you guys can go ahead and leave. Like, they, it wasn't getting any better. We see the women there. They look confused, distraught, helpless. Almost wife, make a playoff uh, toothless. But <laughs> I'll let it go. I'll not let it homeless, go. not toothless, but definitely <laughs> helpless. The the wife of that dentist, she like picks up her dessert plate and she's like, yes, I think I'm going to take this outside. The idea that that woman going to a conversation where PK is actively talking about cryptocurrency, that like that is a better option than this dinner table is so telling. <laughs> so awful. PK is... PK's a tryhard. PK's... That conversation was so weird. I don't even... know. It, he's just... Oh, it just, he just gives me the heebie-jeebies. PK just gives me... He just... It's like, oh, there's something creepy there. But I want Crystal to know because it says the doctor is... Our doctor's wife is Crystal's friend and I guess Dorit's as well. That friendship's over. They lost that oh, friendship yeah. with her. That friendship ended... <laughs> That night. Poor at Crystal. Not she, can, she cannot hold on to a friendship. She already lost those 14 friends. Now she's losing her dentist connection. It she's is friendless. Tough. I, I always, she, she is has a home. <laughs> she has teeth. But she has she's no friends. friends. <laughs> it's never going to get old. <laughs> it's not going to get old. Okay. So we see Sutton basically accept the invitation of the fact that there are things that are unresolved and said, sure. so she brings up the friends with liabilities comment, which I get it. I, I That's a big thing to say about someone. You're like, you're a reckless friend. And she considers herself to be a loyal friend, which she said. So then she reveals to everyone that she got a call by, she got a call by an attorney um, in one of the lawsuits that involved Tom and Erica and um, she said she had to hire a litigator to answer questions that I guess the attorney who's seeking information from her was um, requesting, right? So he sends her these questions. She has to hire a lawyer for this. And she says, listen, 
And because of this, Erica, I'm not a liability. You're the liability. And Erica says, that's because Sutton wouldn't shut up, basically. And Sutton was the only one who questioned her on the show. And the editors give us the flashback. Because you see Garcelle say, she wasn't the only one. And then they're like, you're right, Garcelle. And then they show every single person, even those people in her Fab Fox 4-5, you even see them questioning her as well, which they all want to forget that even happened. And um, yeah, including Erica. Erica wants to forget that happened. So... (laughs) Right? Like, she wants to not not acknowledge that her friend... Which is funny. I'm just going to jump to another part, not in detail, but Erica says, these women are the closest to me. So if I'm doing something wrong, they're going to call me out. Well, they did question you about this last year, but for some reason, you don't want to remember that. They did call you out. They did ask questions, but it's just Sutton's fault. And so sounds like you're the liability because I'm the one who had to pay for an attorney because of you. And Erica, of course, takes no blame. And she's like, no, that's just because you wouldn't shut up. Now, here's what I'll say about Sutton. I know that she's difficult. I can't personally imagine being friends with her. But here is why I love (laughs) her as a housewife. I mean, I guess I can. She's, you know, we're 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 from similar areas and I know a lot of women just like her. But like imagining being friends with her, imagining being Garcelle is very difficult. But it could also be fun probably. But here's what I like that she does. When someone comes at her or comes at her friend, she finds an exact replica of when they have done that exact thing to show them how hypocritical they're being. So like with, and usually they've done it worse. So like with Rena calling Garcelle out with the marinara sauce, well, she mm-hmm. called her out for not writing a thank you note about Elton John on Watch What Happens Live. Mm-hmm. In this case, Erica has the nerve to use a legal term against Sutton and call her a liability. And so Sutton's like, Uh, You're a liability. You are literally a legal liability to us. I have been beating this drum since last season. And Erica and Rena hate this because they're like, they pride themselves on like not being liars, I guess, which is just such a silly thing to pride yourself in because everybody lies. And when when Sutton calls them out like this, like they they just can't handle it. They, They hate her. They hate her so much. She makes them so mad. And that is endlessly funny to me because they are just becoming impossible to watch. They're so exhausting, Erica and Rena. I will also say, and I was just thinking about this as you were talking, there's got to be so much jealousy coming from Lisa, Rena, and Erica to on to Sutton and Garcelle. Sutton divorced her rich husband and got half. She found out she owns a baseball team. She can fly private. Money is something that she has nothing to worry about. Meanwhile, Erica was forced, was in an unhappy relationship, no control. There's nothing she's getting half of. If anything, she's getting half of the lawsuits. So there's got to be some kind of jealousy when it comes to that. And then Garcelle has an amazing acting career. She's still acting. She's been in a Marvel movie. She's had a hit TV show. Like, the list goes on and on and on. Model all the way to this. And Lisa... You know, I mean, it's like writing books about, I'm not, she's she's acted before, but she hasn't had the career that Garcelle has had and continues to have. And like, we know the stuff that she's done, you know, depends, books on blowjobs. Like there's, it's like, I have to say that there's some, like Garcelle doesn't have to give what the Lisa Renas are giving because like, she's like, Google me. You want to learn about me? Google me. I'm still working. I'm still employed. So I feel like it's it's deeper than that when it comes to them. They don't need this show. Erica needs the show. Lisa Renna needs the show. Which is why it's so absurd for them to try to establish these rules that are like, we can't talk about these certain things or like this is off the table because they need the show. Like they have to be open books and they are like the most closed books, but pretending that they're open. Right. Absolutely. Um, so as the the invitation is open to, re- to, to handle unresolved issues, which... I- I will say Sutton and Erica clear nothing up. If anything, that just infuriates Erica that Sutton put that information out there that nobody knew. 
Oh, it's way worse. It's way worse now. (laughs) Way worse. Then Diana decides to remind everybody that she's still there. Because I did not, I, I will tell you, I did not realize Diana was at that party until she makes this comment. Diana just pops up to me in this episode. Pop, got a seat at the table. I swear to God, she was not there last week. But she's there and she's reminding everyone she's jacket. there. <laughs> she's reminding everyone she's there. And she's, she says, you know what, Garcelle? Um, I feel like out of all the women, you've been the most guarded with me. Um, and it's like, okay, Diana... Diana, what are we doing here? What's going on? And Diana says, explains to Garcelle's like, me? Like, how did we get from lawyers and liabilities to me? And Diana's like, I really, really like you. And I've tried to have a friendship with you. And Garcelle's like, yeah, we talked after your party. You say that, but you've made no effort to be my friend. And I've made no effort to be yours. We're in the same place we were before. And Garcelle has right to ha- has a right to have some reservations. And I feel like the ball is in Diana's court to pursue the friendship because she's the one who's offended uh, Garcelle multiple times. And then as Diana and Garcelle are really figuring things out on their own and both come to an agreement in a very peaceful way and say, we, we both agree that we want and desire to get to know each other better which is where it should have been it. And then there's a pause, right? Reconciliation. It was beautiful. Rena goes, Garcelle, do you hear her? Do you hear her? And Garcelle's like, what? So annoying. <laughs> I, I cannot stand when Rena talks like that. Like as though she has like any insight into the human condition. Are you hearing her? Do you hear her, Garcelle? It's like, lift your voice up. You were just screaming 10 minutes ago. We don't need to hear your little whispered psychology moments. Exactly. And Garcelle's like, no. I like, why did you hear me? And then this is when we just see, you know, she's like, they basically, um, Garcelle, once again, is the bigger person. And I think that's like, she and Diana are like, we're good. We're cool. We both agree on the same thing. And she's like, how do you feel about that, Renna? How do you feel about oh, that? she's mad. Garcelle is so annoyed. When Renna's like, do you hear her? She's like, do you hear her? She says, what do you hear her saying, Renna? Like, I I, li- I love when Garcelle really gets annoyed because she's, she's like really quick with it and they're just never prepared. And also when she says that back to her, she's like, what, what do you hear her saying, Renna? What am I supposed to be hearing her here? Kathy starts laughing. Like, she just can't help it. And this is not, I'm not, I thought it when I saw it, but I've heard other people saying it too, that like, this is like a line in the sand for Renna and Erica that like, now they see that Kathy is like on more, is befriending Garcelle and is not in the Fox Force 5 and is like moving over to that side. And now she's on their enemy list too. And she's like a free range <laughs> target as well. You know what I like about Kathy? Very true. Is that you think Kathy's not paying attention. Uh You think... Like she's in her own world. And then she laughs at something or she says something like when we see her go to Crystal's house and she was had taken in every single thing in that conversation and was like, this is how I feel it should have happened. And it was like, oh, wait, Kathy, you were really paying attention. And I love that about her. So I don't even remember how that party ends. I really don't. Because all the drama gets carried into the next party. I, I, yeah, I guess everybody just leaves. You know, the um, all of the the bystanders, the laymen were were offered the opportunity to leave, and I guess at some point the housewives are offered the opportunity to leave this hellish nightmare at this U shaped dinner table. Let this be a lesson to all of us for future <laughs> event planning. There is no worse configuration than a U shaped dinner table, except you know what? That is so peak PK and Dorit because then everyone had to look at them. Like it makes them the center of the... I have never seen anything crazier than carrying (laughs) out a lit birthday cake while not singing happy birthday. They carry out a lit birthday cake to Kyle and then Dorit makes a little announcement and then they sing happy birthday because they just like they have to have the attention. They're just, they, it's like, it, I believe they don't eat food. They just like soak up attention as energy. <laughs> it's, they're exhausting. They're exhausting. And again, they have no storyline either. 
It's it's like it's painfully. Uh, Dorit is so boring this season. She's so boring. There is she really. They have nothing to talk about. Lights, crypto, black and gold. That's their. That's it. That is That's just what line. that family needs is to get into <laughs> cryptocurrency. I tell you what, that man is going to drive them into the ground. But I would watch a show about their kids. That Those little children are so precious with their little half-British accents. And when the little when Phoenix is like, on when, she, when Dorit's on the roller skates, she's like, if she falls and breaks her neck, it's your fault because you're not giving her confidence. I was like, okay, maybe they're instilling some good little life lessons in them. <laughs> Everyone always says that that like Dorit's a really really good mother. So I I absolutely believe that. But the Bravo editors did miss an opportunity to when he started calling himself when he was like Mauricio you're the king of real estate but I'm the king of crypto or whatever. It was a missed opportunity to put up the uh how crypto was falling. Like there we needed a graphic to show that it is you are not the king of crypto and if you are that's not a crown you want to wear. I am, fully, I am fully prepared for Housewives to become like pop-up video. Like I want constant graphics. I want more editor involvement. It's always <laughs> the best part. Absolutely. Okay, so we see that this episode ends with another party, which we know that means we're going to end with drama. And it's a Rena Beauty disco party. So at this point, we've had two Rena parties. And this is like the third Rena Beauty party. I mean, this brand has been launching for years. It's launched. We're done. We should have just had a 70s dinner. It should have been a birth, like an extension of Kyle's birthday party. The fact that it was Rena Beauty, did we see a product? Did we see anything other than the drinks, which very um, much like the lights, she was exaggerating over the fact that she wanted lemons and limes. You know, this was very much like the light situation with PK and Dorit. I want dark lights. I want dim lights. I want lemons. I want limes. Okay, is that all you have to worry about at this party? Where are the products? Where are the products? Where are the people? Give me a I know lip. she said COVID. I know she said COVID, but like still, we're the people. Um, so we see the women gather together because there's really nothing else to do other than sit and talk. There, you know, if if Sheree had a fashion show with no fashions, Rena had a beauty party with no beauty. And a party with no party. I mean, they don't they don't do anything except sit there and argue that we see. There's like a brief dancing montage, but it it seems incredibly lackluster. I mean, they had just been to another black and gold themed party. So maybe they just thought it was the same one. It was pictures. And I'm pretty sure that the producers were like, nothing's happening at this party. You two interns, we've got these outfits. Go, go back there <laughs> and, and, and put, cause this, the moves, it was like, they did the electric slide and a couple of, um, you know, moves from Saturday night fever. And that was it. It was very like, John they Travolta. weren't bad dancers, but they weren't like giving us a show. <laughs> they were like bar mitzvah hype people. Like the, the, they were they were not Melissa Etheridge, as was noted in the episode. <laughs> I hate I why the- hate to give PK that credit, but they were no Melissa Etheridge. They were no Melissa Etheridge. No, not at all. Um, so after the dancing. They sit down and Kyle stirs the pot where she turns over to Sutton and starts asking Sutton how she feels about the conversation and the liability and if there's been any resolution. And then Kyle, Sutton says something and and Kyle literally turns to Erica and she's like, oh, because Sutton's like, she called me a liability. And, And Kyle goes, what does that mean? And Sutton says, I don't know. And Kyle says, ask her, Erica, what did you mean when you said she was a liability? And it was almost as if they had planned it because Erica didn't skip a beat. She immediately, it wasn't, like, if somebody said that to you, wouldn't you be like, wait, what? Why do you want me to, def- what do you mean define liability? What? Where is this coming from? Instead, she goes, define liability. Well, uh, according to Webster's Dictionary, liability is, the, like, literally, that's how it was. <laughs> but it was like, according to my personal dictionary, this is how I have defined liability. I mean, hindrance, which is not what liability means. And which, like, they would call Crystal out for to no end if she misused a word. But, you know, I mean, Erica in that regard is like a performance athlete. Like, she can say 20 words in under two seconds. And she is always, like, at the ready, talking-wise. Whether she's, like, talking out of her ass or not. But no, you, that it, it certainly could have been planned. It was just unreal watching Kyle. Like, there is no party 
she will not ruin or sh- shout across. <laughs> she just, she says she says to Sutton, "Why don't you ask her?" And then her head, like the exorcist, swivels around and she says, "Erica." It's like give Sutton a second if she wants to ask her. Maybe she doesn't want to talk about it right now. She's such a bad friend. <laughs> She's such a bad friend. <laughs> She's such a bad friend. But what I will give Kyle credit for, and this is it, because she's de- having one hell of a season. And I don't mean that in a good way. At least she pretends that she's friends with everyone. At least we see her pretending, going to have lunch with Sutton, hanging with Garcelle and um, Cherie. The other women won't really do that. They, they stay, I mean, like, yes, we've seen Dorit sit with Garcelle, but, but like Kyle is genuinely acting like she wants to be friends with everyone where they all... I don't feel that. Like they might go to a dinner or a lunch, but it's not the same. So I'll give Kyle credit for at least making it seem like I know that we're a clique, but like I'm so inclusive with everybody. She Kyle's is giving friendly. those vibes. She's got that going for her. Like she's friendly and she does crack me up a little bit. Even when I'm mad at her, I do think that she's pretty funny. And it's like a put upon, it's like corny. It's like a put upon funniness. She's corny, she's, yeah. She's not like Garcelle or Kathy where she's like naturally funny. But I do, and and she seems fun. Like she's when, fun for sure. When she and fun. Sutton have dinner, even though Gar- even though Kyle is outright saying like, you're annoying and it's hard to be friends with you. They're like having a good time. She she seems, she seems fun. And, and so like, I never sort of can't stand her as much as I can't stand Renna or Erica right now because you're right. Like, they just, they they close the door and it's closed and there's nothing you can do. And they think they're in charge and they're not. So I want to give you the opportunity to, to talk about something that had you laughing, maybe the hardest that you have laughed this entire season, which I think we all were. I think we all were dying. Jody. It was a moment of just, it's right up there with the ultimate girls trip where Brandy is, where Phaedra says, don't talk about that woman. She's your mother. And she's like, she's five years older than me. And the bartender's laughing and Phaedra's like, oh, shoot, I don't know. I'm so sorry. It was like a real funny, genuine moment. That's what this was. What you're explaining <laughs> is a, a true moment of joy and humor, which is very unusual on this franchise, especially Beverly Hills, which is just so often like joyless and humorless and just so <laughs> down in the weeds of the drama that it can't get out. And, you know, unfortunately, this humor, what we are talking about is the extreme confusion that is brought up I think that everyone felt it at the Homeless Not Toothless party, but they couldn't really talk about it because the creators of Homeless Not Toothless were there and they were already having a terrible time. There were dentists there. So they just couldn't really talk about it. Now here at the Lisa Rinna 70s Disco Party Beauty Launch, Homeless Not Toothless is on the table. And who's the first person to miss say it? Kathy. Kathy, yeah. Kathy just, and and she's not even accidentally missaying it. She's just like at the Homeless and Toothless Foundation. We are <laughs> here to say, and everyone starts like, Crystal's like shushing her, but Garcelle and Cherie are cracking up. <laughs> I want, it's like they didn't have Cherie mic'd at this party. I want to hear what Cherie is saying because no one was laughing harder at Kathy than Cherie. <laughs> and finally people are like opening up the door to being like, okay, what's going on with this charity's name? We have got to rename it. And and perhaps the funniest part of all of it is how indignant Dorit is about it. She's like, you all, this is a very important charity. And it's like, if it's important, give it an important name. If it deserves... <laughs> This kind of respect, you've got to rename it. And, you know, I think that this whole conversation, the whole time at the disco party while everyone is fighting, Kathy keeps trying to, like, diffuse the tension and to come in and say, like, ladies, let's all get along. And everyone's like, shut up, Kathy. (laughs) (laughs) No one else wants to have a good time. For them, this is a good time. Like, this is what they do. This is their job. Like, Kathy just wants to be able to laugh. And But I think that this shows me that, like, 
Humor is important. It's important to have these kinds of conversations with your friends too, because it brings up something that has not been brought up to Dorit, which is that the name of this charity is <laughs> untenable. Like maybe they were getting away with it before, but now that it's come on national television, they have to rename it. And finally, everyone is like, okay. Like even Kyle is like, okay, maybe the name's not great. And Dorit looks shocked, <laughs> stunned that, he, that Kyle would even say that. But the, the funniest line, all the funniest lines are Kathy's, but the funniest has to be when she says, honey, I'm so sorry. I've worked with the homeless. I've worked with the toothless. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, Dorit, are you hearing it back to you? Are you hearing it when Kathy tries to say it seriously? So funny. I can't wait for them to break that down at the reunion. It also reminds me, do you remember when Kathy first came on the scene last season as like a true friend of, and she was talking about how she used to, as a child, perform dentistry on other children in the neighborhood? When she said, I have worked with the toothless, I was like, say more. Yes. <laughs> she is a weird, <laughs> weird lady. <laughs> she, I did a red carpet for Halloween. And because Kyle was in it and they all came dressed in costume and Kathy came as a dentist and she was pushing around a dentistry cart and she was showing me all the tools and everything that was on it. And I was just like, this woman, I love her so Did much. she, did you need any work done? Did she offer her services? Didn't ask. Wasn't, I was not, I'm smarter than that. You were that. not trying to become toothless <laughs> right there on the red carpet. But what was funny about that moment, not the red carpet moment, the, the homeless, I've worked with the homeless, I've worked with the toothless. Erica is dying laughing and she turns to, um, she turns to Doreen and she goes, did, did you hear what she said? She said she worked with the homeless and she's worked with the toothless. And you can't see her face because her hair is covering it up, but she's miked and she's dying laughing. Diana was laughing at the beginning. She's smiling. Dorit's trying not to laugh. Crystal was trying not to laugh. It was hilarious. Oh, it's, it's, because it, <laughs> it's, it's like you can hear it, right? Dorit, when we're all saying homeless and toothless over and over, you can hear it, right? You can hear that this should not be the name of an organization. And then Kyle's like, listen, listen, they do great work. They're, it's not amazing. They do great work. You know, I'm not toothless and homeless. And it's just like not toothless, not homeless. And Crystal's like, homeless, not toothless. And Kyle's like, what did I say? And it's like, this is the sign of a bad, of a bad name. And when it's interchangeable like that, like when the name of your organization suggests like that that one bad thing is okay but the other bad thing is not it's not good oh my gosh oh my gosh it's so funny and then we see erica and well i can't i'm, I'm sounding like sutton which is what i was just about to say sutton is trying to explain to erica how why she feels a certain way about the whole situation and she's trying to gather her words and she can't quite get it together. And then Erica makes a snarky comment and she's like, and they say, I had a drinking problem. And they all start laughing, which wasn't funny either. It was like, okay, she starts, everyone's, her, her team starts laughing. Diana, Dorit. Oh, Dorit, that's funny. That's funny. Exactly. You couldn't find the humor in the other thing. And Dorit, I mean, Sun just kind of looks like that, that was totally rude. And Garcelle, what does Garcelle say? Garcelle says something and she's like, oh, we'll get to that in a second. And then she turns and she looks at her and she's like, you know, um, you wanted to call out that I have a drinking problem. And Garcelle's like, I was concerned about you. I was worried. And she's like, no, you tried to make it an issue. Were you really concerned? She questions that, which we've talked about on this podcast before. Some of the things that Garcelle was saying about leading the alcoholism was a bit I thought harsh language, but I do think that there was worry and concern. And when you look at how nice she's been, the way Erica has been to her or in certain situations that involve her with her drinking, she's really been very nice about it. And so she questioned, is there something we've never seen her be this way before? Is there something? And that's when Erica's like, if there was an issue, my friends that are close to me would tell me about this. And she's like, you've been talking to all the other ladies, which 
let's be honest, Garcelle has been talking to everybody <laughs> for months, for months. When the editors roll the clip package, it's like two months ago, she's talking about it. One month ago, she's talking about yeah. it. A week ago. <laughs> we can't escape that, Garcelle. Garcelle, you have been talking to everyone about it. And I get it because at every event, it was something. And when you, with Erica, and when you gather back with these ladies, you recap what happened. And Erica being drunk in a way you've never seen before was a topic of conversation. So I get it. But and it caused get- plot points, you know? Like, she wasn't just outrageously drunk. She was outrageously drunk and cursing at children or outrageously drunk and talking to um to Crystal about her eating disorder and ultimately, apparently, relaying false information about that eating disorder and saying that Crystal said she'd never sought help for it when Crystal says, like, she's been speaking to a professional about this or multiple professionals about it since she was 13. You know what I'd define that as? A problem. A problem. <laughs> a problem. Sounds Which, like a problem. Let's also point out the fact that, and I can't wait for this to be sc- discussed on the reunion. Erica's like, about Crystal, when Crystal discusses her eating disorder, I mean, she should just get the help and get over it. Like, th- What? No, as if it is not, has not been a lifelong struggle, as if this is not a disease, as this is not like the way she said it in such a flippant way. This is my thing about Erica. And this is why I love this ending scene between Erica and Garcelle. Prior to Garcelle joining the cast, Erica thought she was the queen of shade. She was the wittiest person. She had the best one-liners and nobody could go toe-to-toe with Erica. She was this badass bitch that everybody was afraid of. And Garcelle is not afraid of her. Like even Sutton will stand up to her, but Sutton will apologize. That's not Garcelle. So in this moment, we see the tape, like Erica has nothing to, Erica cannot, fight back. She can't go with her words. She can't go toe-to-toe with Garcelle. And I love this. She is being stripped down in such a classy way by Garcelle. Erica tries to shoot something else down. Garcelle's like, what, 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 you, go, what you got next? And this is why I, I always say, if I was on The Housewives, I would love just to have these moments where I could confront these women who really just think that they are hot shit. Yeah, because you compare Sutton, who you said, like, you know, Sutton also at this point is not afraid of Erica. She'll go up against Erica, but Sutton is a terrible communicator. She can't say nothing for nothing. Garcelle is a professional communicator. Not only is she an actor, but at this point, she is like a journalist. You know, she's she's on the reel. Like, she knows how to talk to people. And you see it in this scene. Erica comes in with that thing where she always says, where she talks so quick that no one can even say anything. No one can even understand what she's saying because she talks so quick because she thinks so quick and she's so smart. Not for Garcelle. Like, Garcelle hears every word she says and she turns it right back to her. I only wish that Garcelle had the information because Erica says, you know, if I had a problem, these people would know about it and they would talk to me about it. But to quote our producer, Devin, am I taking crazy pills? Because we watched an entire scene of Lisa Rinna and Mikey having an intervention with Erica where she admitted that she had a problem. And I'm not saying that she has to tell Garcelle who she's not as close to that she has a problem or even that she has to like talk about that in this scenario. But these people have talked to her about it. Like it, it has been on the table, not just by Garcelle. Right. Right. And that's something that I know Andy Cohen will break down. It's like, but you did do this. Why are you, you know, like getting on to Garcelle other than the fact that you really just don't like her for noticing what your friends noticed as well? And maybe she's talking to your friends because she's hoping that they can get through to you. You know, if I'm going to see the other side of it, maybe it's not just gossip. Maybe she's like, maybe you know, I can't say anything to her because I'm not close, but maybe you can as her friend. Now, Rachel, if you were a housewife, if you were in Garcelle's position, do you think that you could have said such an iconic line that we finally get, finally get from Garcelle? Erica, I don't have to make you look bad. You do that all on your own. I believe that you could. I believe that you could. (laughs) I don't know. That was, she didn't miss a beat. And even even in the follow-up after that, like when Erica's like, it's my life to destroy or rebuild. And, and Garcelle's like, fine, destroy, destroy it. Destroy it. 
destroy it. Line after line from Garcelle. This, I mean, she was she was made to be a Real Housewife. She really was. And let's not forget, because this is going to carry on into the next episode when we see the ladies go to Aspen, because that's something that Kyle announced during this party as well. Erica called Garcelle a liar. And to Garcelle, and rightfully, that, those are fighting words. Like I, And that's what I love about Garcelle, too. She's like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and apologize like Sutton will and just say, you know what? I can be reckless. No, you called me a liar. You have no basis for it. We're not friends. Next. I don't even do this. I don't need you in my life. That's me. I'm like, you know what? I don't need this. I don't have to do this. I don't need the show. I don't need your friendship. I Like, nope, we're done. And I unfollowed you. She goes, I was emotional. We see this in the preview for the next week. I was, an emo- I was emotional about it. And I unfollowed you. And Erica looks totally confused. Like, wait a minute. That's not how we do things here. We have to at least carry out this drama for two or three more episodes. Garcelle's like, nope, we're done. Those are, that is, those are true fighting words. I unfollowed you. <laughs> and we're done. And let us not be lost on us that during all of this, Kathy is whispering to Garcelle, I'm going to call you later tonight and say, homeless, not toothless, toothless, not homeless, homeless, toothless, toothless, homeless, homeless, toothless. And, and you know she so did funny. it. You know she fired up Rick's <laughs> iPad got on like an Instagram call or like a Skype. That that woman does not know how to use a phone, but I fi- I'm, I sh- assure you she figured out a way to do it. Homeless, not toothless. Toothless, not homeless. Um, well, we shall see what happens, but that is it for us on Morally Corrupt. We will be back next Friday giving you all the goods from Bravo Land. Mm-hmm. And I just want to point out that we are getting closer and closer to BravoCon. We are almost here. We're probably what, maybe... Maybe two months, two month countdown to BravoCon. It wasn't with us last year, right? Or maybe it was. We're back this year. I don't think so. I don't think so. We're back this year. Ugh, you guys, we're almost there. Um, put your thinking caps back on. Have a great weekend, you guys. We will see you here next Friday on Morley Corrupt. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.